It forms a, a quantitative study um, against the qualitative assessment undertaken the, the site visits where we went out and tried to understand that yes, the percentage of built form is X, but what is the character and what does that um, built form feel in terms of uh, countryside character um, as part of the assessment? Purpose four to preserve the setting and special character of historic towns. Um, we touched on this uh, a bit at the last meeting. Um, we used um, the uh, Essex Historic Towns, SPG and other published Greenbelt studies to identify what a historic town could be considered in this context um, and through that and discussion with neighbouring authorities, Sawbridgeworth was the, the only relevant settlement uh, with an immediate relationship to the Uttersford Greenbelt that was identified for the study um, at the time of public uh, completing the methodology and there was still a question mark as to what its role was in relation to the Greenbelt or what the Greenbelt's role rather is in relation to Sawbridgeworth. So during the site visits we spent some time um, down at the edge of the Sawbridgeworth conservation area um, in January 15. Um, there's a photograph there from uh, the, station, the level crossing of the station looking um, northeast towards the Greenbelt, trying to get a feel of what the relationship was between the Greenbelt and the edge of that historic part of Sawbridgeworth. Um, the uh, Greenfield you can just make out is actually part of the East Hearts um, Greenbelt, and actually the Uttersford Greenbelt is quite some distance further on from, from that. Um, so from those site visits and from, from that analysis, we deemed that actually Purposeful wasn't relevant um, for a formal assessment um, of the Uttersford Greenbelt and at that point um, we no longer assess the parcels against Purpose 4. Um, and as Chris previously mentioned, Purpose 5 um, to assist in urban regeneration by encouraging the recycling of derelict land, uh, derelict and other land. Um, through most studies it's been found very difficult to apply that on a parcel by parcel basis and actually come up with any difference in scoring so in terms of using it as a, as a criteria to differentiate areas of the Uttersford Greenbelt it was deemed that that was um, not appropriate and therefore we didn't, didn't score against pass, uh, Purpose 5. Um, so then all of the um, parcels um, were assessed against each of the first three purposes and assigned a score broadly ranging from a, there should be a zero on there as well, a zero to five from not meeting the purpose um, and weakly through to meeting the purposes strongly and very strongly. Um, the, there was no aggregation of scores. Um, we don't believe that a parcel needs to meet multiple purposes strongly to be deemed strong greenbelt. We believe that national policy says um, you only need to meet one of the purposes. Um, so as I'll come on to explain um, where a, purpose, a parcel is meeting a purpose strongly that in itself is deemed to be meeting national policy in terms of Greenbelt um, so as I say no aggregation of scores so in terms of the findings um, these maps might be a little bit small to read so I'll attempt to talk you through them the first map is purpose one so that's to check the unrestricted sprawl of large built up areas you'll notice that the um, the southern section of the district, so the land mainly to the east of the M11, um, although some parcels to the west of the M11, um, did not score, and the reason being that they did not adjoin a, large, a defined large built-up area. I'd like to come in at this point, if I may, because this is where my first question arises. I was around in whenever it was, uh, when the Greenbelt was established um, 
uh, and, and I was a member for Stansted, Mount Fitchard then, um, and, and we had a lot of debate about where the boundary should be, whether it should be along the present. Yeah, yeah, sorry, you're quite right. Um, other than saying I understand the purpose for the um, green belt at the top in terms of checking unrestricted sprawl of large built-up areas and preventing neighbouring towns merging together. But when we come on to the assisting in safeguarding the countryside from encroachment, and you know that, that doesn't appear on there, obviously, because it's a different criterion. But when I then look at one that you're going to be coming on to, I, I cannot work out why... Um, why, why we have the parcels running up to 131 down, down the bottom um, be, because obviously we've got Councillor Barker raised the percentage of the district covered by Greenbelt whether it's 8% or whatever it is but we've got loads loads more uh, that isn't in the green belt, and one conclusion is well, if, you, if you're protecting that area of the countryside for protecting it, then why aren't we protecting the green belt elsewhere? Now, you might have given me a clue in what was said because um, I was hearing the relationship between the green belt in Epping Forest and looking for natural boundaries. So, am I right in thinking that we've only got green belt down in that bottom bit of the um, the, the, the district because essentially Epping Forest was looking around for natural boundaries and they weren't in their patch so it's spilled over into our district <laughs> I, I, because I, I just can't work out why we, why, why we would have it there and not anywhere else um, I, don't think, I don't think we've ever entirely found the logic for that but, um, but I suspect you're right I suspect that's the most obvious logic for the original designation that that land now meets the criteria about safeguarding the countryside from encroachment because it's very clearly um, countryside so if you were reconsidering you, you'd have to dr almost drop that objective I, don't, I mean it's a very interesting point as to why that land was originally put in the green belt um, uh, but um, no, no, no. But uh, but I see that is that must that must be the argument. And, uh, no, no, no. Right, I should have said therefore there is an uncertainty about that. Well, thank you for confirming my uncertainty. <laughs> okay. Um, so, if you're looking to the west and the north of the Butterfield Greenbelt, where the blue shading is, you'll see. Um, sort of in the middle between um, Stansted Airport, Stansted Mount Fitch and Bishop's Norfolk, you get a dark blue, which was the um, the one parcel in the study that, according to the methodology, got a score of five. So, for this, therefore, meeting Greenbelt objectives in terms of restricting sprawl um, very strongly. All of the other um, parcels uh, were meeting the purpose um, of a score of a broadly a three so therefore um, it, they are meeting green belt purpose they're meeting it um, less strongly than the dark blue but they are still meeting that green belt purpose and as I say those in the, in the south they, this purpose is not relevant for, for this assessment um, purpose two to prevent neighbouring towns from merging into one another um, under, again, perhaps predictably, um, further north, um, you get stronger scoring where some of the parcels play a particularly strong role between Bishop's Northford and Stansted Airport and Stansted Mount Fitchett. 
Um, but unlike Purpose 1, you start to get stronger scoring parcels moving further south, um, where you start to get parcels that play a role between Wrights Green and Little Hallingbury, or between Hatfield Heath and Shearing, where um, uh, while those gaps are still reasonably sizable, um, the, the assessment showed that the Greenbelt, um, as a policy, is helping pr- to prevent those settlements from merging into each other. Um, so the, the, the darker orange is where that uh, higher scoring against that purpose. Um, you get a string of the, the medium orange on the three, and then um, again, perhaps predictably, down in the south of the district. Um, where settlements are more dispersed and therefore the risk of coalescence is uh, much reduced. You get um, scores of one um, and there were a, a couple of parcels um, around Leaden Roading and around Hatfield Heath where um, against this particular purpose um, the parcels were deemed not to be playing a role in preventing coalescence um, effectively because there wasn't another settlement to be coalescing with. And purpose three um, assisting the safeguarding the countryside from encroachment. Um, I think this um, fairly high scoring across the majority of the district, and I think this, again, reflects the largely rural character, especially in the, in the south and um, perhaps up the, the spine. But even in those areas um, on the outer edges of Bishop Stortford or Stanton Mount Fitchett, um, while they may be very closely uh, abutting um, a town or a developed area, Actually, the, the observations in the field were actually as soon as you move away from that, you very much quickly move back into a countryside field with very low built form. Um, and that's the reason why um, even those ones nearer the built up areas are still scoring fairly high in terms of um, the, the countryside assessment. Um, so to attempt to summarise that, um, 30 of the 31 um, parcels were deemed to be um, meeting Greenbelt purposes strongly um, and that's the definition of that is where um, the parcel is meeting at least one purpose strongly as I mentioned we don't aggregate the scores but if it's meeting one purpose strongly as a whole it was deemed to be meeting Greenbelt purposes strongly Um, there's one general area which off the top of my head uh, parcel 5 which was just to the south of uh, Stansett Mount Fitchett um, that was deemed to uh, meet Greenbelt purposes moderately um, Although having looked at the scores, I think it scored a three against all purposes, so it was moderately across all purposes. Um, so, um, you know, but the, the conclusion there is it is still meeting um, Greenbelt purposes set out in the MPPF. Um, and as Chris hinted at the start of the presentation, there were no Greenbelt parcels that we deemed were in themselves weak um, against the MPPF purposes. Um, and the map on the screen, um, which all loops green is uh, it's not uh, it's not um, I've lost the word um, agglomerating the scores um, aggregating the scores excuse me Um, but what it's trying to show is that the numbers on the previous one with 30 of the parcels are meeting it strongly um, and the one parcel I don't know if there is a is there a light on this that I can use this one Um, the small parcel just in there uh, just to the south of Stansted Mount Fitchell, parcel 5 um, was the one parcel that we deemed to be meeting purposes moderately um, but as I say as a whole um, uh, fairly green on, on that map um, so that, that's the overall findings of the assessment um, the report does contain 
um, a number of recommendations. Now, the, the first recommendation is effectively that um, your green belt is meeting MPPF purposes, and we wouldn't recommend um, on that basis, on the basis of assessment purely against MPPF purposes, um, for any um, substantial releases of greenbelt. Um, as Chris hinted, that's not to suggest through other mechanisms or if there's particular exceptional circumstances, greenbelt boundaries can't be redrawn, but through a pure assessment against MPPF purposes, um, we are not recommending there should be an amendment to the um, broadly to the greenbelt boundaries in Uttersford. The exceptions to that, there's four um, smaller recommendations. Um, that we do your attention to in the report, and they're mainly around what we'd call boundary anomalies, so they're not necessarily around that Greenbelt is not meeting the MPPF purposes, but it's more linking back to this definition of how you um, define your boundaries around physical, readily recognisable features that are likely to be permanent. Um, and we found um, four areas, um, the first one being uh, parcels 24, 25, 26 and 29 um, in the east um, of the district uh, where there are a number of greenbelt parcels that extend northwards from the A1060 um, and their outer boundary and therefore the outer boundary of the metropolitan greenbelt didn't on the field seem to have any particularly defined boundaries. Some, some of these outer um, boundaries um, literally seem to cut across fields um, now, the parcels themselves are meeting greenbelt purposes, but there could be um, a recommendation that you may want to pull, uh, one could consider pulling that greenbelt boundary back to the robustness that is the A1060. Um, in parcel 21, which is with, virtually within Hatfield Heath, although on the sort of southern side of Hatfield Heath, um, there's a, a very small boundary anomaly where there's a road verge, literally a verge, um, along the parade of shops in Hatfield Heath, north of the A1060, that is Greenbelt, um, which is literally a couple of metres wide. Um, and in terms of um, national Greenbelt policy, it seems somewhat odd. Um, so again, it's not suggesting that that... <laughs> is a fundamental change to your greenbelt, but if there was a, a, a desire to tidy up and make boundaries more robust, then that was one area that may uh, be worth considering. And then the two other areas, so in uh, general area 4 um, and in general area 17, um, there have been two um, recent housing developments that um, I think the, the one in Hatfield Heath is, is built out at Broomfields and the one in Elms Farm is permitted but not built out. Um, they're both within Greenbelt and again the, the query was in looking at your boundaries you could consider as to whether you might want to read all the boundaries around that new built form just to strengthen um, your greenbelt boundaries and, and make the edges more robust. But as I say, these are relatively small-scale recommendations for consideration as part of the wider um, local plan process. They're not fundamental changes suggested to the, um, to the Uttersford greenbelt. And I think that's all we were going to say, so we're more than happy to take questions or comments. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, it might be helpful actually just to go back to the last slide. Thank you. Um, first of all, from officers, what, going back to Councillor Dean's earlier point, we are starting to do some sifting now, aren't we? So would you like to remind us of what we're sifting? Yes, I mean, essentially, Chairman, what this study will do will inform... Um, we will, if you like, overlay proposals that we're aware of 
against this study and without sort of prejudging or predetermining any final plan at this stage one can see um, evidence building up in particular directions in relation to particular proposals um, it, it's, it's certainly clear to us that um, there might be some tidying up that was a very good expression to use uh, around the margins which we would want to do anyway uh, because I think long term that would make the green belt you know, more robust and defensible long term but certainly fundamentally um, it's strong and that certainly gives us a steer in terms of some of the proposals which particularly the areas of search and the issues and options consultation and some of the proposals that we know are in front of us without, I said, without ruling anything in or anything out at this stage. But uh, there, there were, there's a prospective, at least one, if not two, new settlements yes. within that area. Yes. So it would be highly unlikely that those would go forward now. Correct. Then. Correct, yes. So you're saying we're not ruling them out now? Not, not totally, because until, uh, you know, this, this, this is, the, I'm afraid it's not exactly the dark arts the wrong way to describe it, but until, until, we, until we know the results of, of other studies, Chairman. But yeah, highly unlikely okay. is, is the term. So going back to Councillor Lodge's yeah. point, as soon as we can come to that conclusion, it's helpful for this committee to understand that yeah. for very legitimate reasons, areas are now being ruled out. So I guess the first, Councillor Parker. Chairman, um, just an anomaly, if we're talking about anomaly, as the member for Leaden Roading, in area 25, where 25 is the B184, north of the school, there is a development of 10 houses called Long Hyde. Now, those are a similar exception site. Now, you don't seem to have mentioned those on your exception exceptions that probably now ought to be exceptions. <laughs> Thank you. So... I guess the first question for this committee is, do you agree with the overall principle that we uphold our green belt? We can come on to this tidying up business in just a second, but in principle, are we supporting our green belt? Can I have just a show of hands on that? So, uh, thank you for your report, and we agree with you. So, um, Councillor Dean. Yeah, I'd just like to um, ask questions about three areas. The, the first one is, is area four at Bear Elms Farm. Um, I, I think it was suggested that we, we might consider redrawing the boundary around the, the future, because it's not happened yet, um, built area. Earlier on, I thought I was hearing that the boundaries are generally natural features, although at the moment it happens to be the railway line which isn't quite natural, though it's been there a couple of hundred years. Um, so I just want to ex explore this thing about where boundaries ca can sensibly be withdrawn and whether one's looking... I think, I think we're assuming... For to topographic... If it's, topographic if, if it's built development, it's topography. Not, you know, it's a, it's a permanent feature, it's now a permanent feature, so you could, could treat it like that. If, if you want to continue to wash it over, it means every time somebody who lives in that development who wants to build a new garage or whatever yeah. is going to have to go through exceptional services, and that may be what you want to do. I mean, you know, there are lots of settlements which are washed over by Greenbelt, and where we've been working in Surrey, you know, people can't build extensions to their house because um, um, they're in Greenbelt. The house is completely surrounded by Greenbelt. That's a decision for you, actually. Okay. Yeah, 
So um, no, I'm, I'm not suggesting anything at the moment. Yeah, I mean, well, it, I, probably I, make, it probably makes sense. Yeah, but, I, I, I did uh, want to, to uh, get to that. So I think the first question, so it, in principle, we're going to maintain our green belt, so that's fine, decision made. Uh, the next uh, key thing is the north of the 1080. And I know, uh, Councillor Barkett, hmm? 1060. 1060, I um, uh, you, you had some views on that? Um, Chairman, I mean, we've been told that all these areas strongly meet the criteria. I think it's the ones where the, the exceptions have changed, such as Longhide, such as Broomfields and Hatfield Heath, Elms Farm in Stansted, the Verges in Hatfield Heath, and I think it's Pines Road in Stansted. Um, is it Pines Road, that little bit that's uh, south of Stansted? I'm going to get on to those. The, those are the, the, the anomalies. The, 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 the first one I want to ask about is north of the 1060. Um, so that, 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 do we want to tidy that up? To me, most of those, well, some of those are common land. If one wanted to tidy them up, um, I would be opposed to it. Um, they've long been greenbelt. They meet the criteria uh, strongly. Um, and, you know, there, is, there has been, over many years, speculative proposals for parts of lead and roading, which I think would be unsustainable in terms of um, the schooling and, and other facilities that are in the village. And if you release this lot from Greenbelt, you would have 200 houses around the centre of Leaven Roading with no capacity for, for schooling or even transport into Dumbo. Within the area north of the 1060? Yes. Okay, so um, is it the, the view of this group that we leave um, those key boundaries as they are? Yes. I'm getting... Uh, I'm coming on to the, the last exception. Okay, so uh, are you happy for me to say the consensus of this meeting is that we leave the, ten, the, the areas north of the 1060? Then that comes to the, the real tidying up, the metre-wide bit in Hatfield Heath and, 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 and where we've actually given planning permission in. Uh, I think it would be absolutely logical that um, the, the boundary now is um, around those developments as indicated by Arab. Um, uh, otherwise you do get to the anomalous situation that you can't do anything. So it is a natural definition. Um, uh, are we content to put that forward as a recommendation that they now become the new boundaries on the basis that it, it is fact that they, they are going ahead? Yep. And would you include in that the, 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 the narrow strip in Hatfield Heath as a very minor bit of tidying up? So in conclusion, um, we thank you for your report. Uh, we're going with it. Uh, that will have implications on some of our calls for sites. Um, we uh, are not going to tidy up north of the 1060 but we are going to tidy up the two areas that have got planning permission and the anomaly of a, uh, of a verge. Anybody can... Councillor Parry. Just a correction of fact. A para 4.22, you've stated um, that you looked at... You had regards to the issue of establishing new belts around... And you've quoted Newport and Saffron Walden, and we actually said Thaxted and Saffron Walden. Thank you. We looked, at, we looked at Thaxted as well. It is just an anomaly in reporting. It just seems a bit dark because nobody in their right minds would think of putting no, a green belt round no, Newport. It's, mm. just, it's just an error in, in our reporting, sorry. Councillor Dean? Just to clarify the process here. We're, as a, as a working group,
making recommendations on these things. Uh, obviously, there's a long way to go, and uh, uh, before before that's formalised or becomes part of a formal plan. So that that's the important sure. thing to say. I, I, so I mean. We, we discussed general area four at Elms Farm, and it just seemed to me sensible to yeah. uh, readjust it around that boundary. I would like, though, to ask about uh, parcel five, which is the one uh, to the east of Pines Hill, uh, between, between the main road and, and Stansted Brook, and just to ask why you, you said it was only medium standard or medium quality or scored. Uh, 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 you know, I might say it is an area that that has been considered um, for. Uh, there have been planning applications in recent years. Local opinion has shifted to and fro between whether it supported that part of that area being developed. Um, and it, you know, it might well be under discussion again at parish council meeting next week, sure. or, or to, for that matter, at a neighbourhood plan meeting tomorrow night. But so it's really to, to understand why you don't give it a strong rating. Sure. Um, I have to confess I don't have the full suite of performers with me to hand. Each, each parcel, there's an annex report to, to the main report and each parcel has a written assessment and a score against each of the purposes. Um, and as I say, for parcel um, uh, five it scored um, a three against all of the three purposes. So it was meeting all Greenbelt purposes, but just not as strongly as others. Um, the detail will be in the performer, unfortunately. I don't have that to hand. I mean, it, w it would help local discussion if, if you could let me have that information, if possible, tomorrow, because there happens to be an able plan group meeting tomorrow night, and I'm sure they'll be asking questions about that. Could I also ask about, we had a photograph of the car park at uh, Birchanger Services, I think that's what it was and it, I might, I don't know what I'm right but is that parcel number 11 yes. and I'm just wondering why you aren't suggesting that that gets adjusted seeing as it's uh, as much, it's more urbanised than many many parts of the district um, Parcel 11, I was just check from memory um, understandably it got a zero against purpose three in terms of countryside because it has effectively been encroached um, however it scored a five for purpose two because it effectively is the section of Greenbelt between Stansted and Bishop Stortford um, so according to the, the Stansted airport and Bishop Stortford so they were considered as settlements it's a very small pocket of um, designated Greenbelt and therefore it plays a role in preventing further coalescence. I suppose just to take that a bit further then does it not fit into the category where we were talking about Elms Farm at Stansted where one might want to redraw it and take out the, the built up area um, or, think, or would that be an enclave? I think if you took out the built up area from parcel 11 you effectively have taken out parcel 11 it's a very small parcel uh, I don't have the map to hand but I think oh, right. so I think the parcel effectively is the services and the um, embankments and the infrastructure around the services I recommend we don't do that so, so, so I don't know what purpose it it's does slightly that. different because you're really finding the boundaries um, around developments in Stansted um, and uh, if you took out the whole parcel then uh, you know you, you're opening up areas around uh, the service station. Chairman, there is an, another reason, which if you took it out, the green belt would no longer be contiguous. Is that put in doubt, or, or at risk, or the bit to the north in between Stansted and? Okay. Okay. Keep it continuous. Yeah. But, uh, your, the, the, the chart that um, uh, we're looking for is on page 73, um, and. Um, 
Price for five got three, three and three, so it was uh, an equal measure. But it's, you know, it's, it's part of our green belt, so um, just like you made a previous decision at uh, Elms Farm, you, you could make a decision, but it has the protection of being green belt. Um, I am asked to remind uh, officers to, to, to look at Long Hyde, Leaden Roading, because there is development there, so if we could just tidy that up too. Otherwise, um, the uh, recommendation is that the working group note the published report, Uttlesford Green Belt Review, February 2016, its adoption into the local plan evidence base and the discussions that we've had around that. Those in favour, please, please show. Carried unanimously. Hopefully the report is self-explanatory. This is a consultation on uh, the pre-submission draft waste local plan, which is essentially the final opportunity uh, we have to comment on the proposals in it. Uh, we did consider the revised preferred approach in July of last year and, and sent some representations in uh, into the county. Um, there have been some amendments made um, in light of that and essentially we are left with five sites within our district, um, three at Great and Little Canfield, uh, one at Gaunt and Elsenham and one at Newport Quarry, although there is an area of search as well um, which is referred to at the end of the report um, at Great Hallingbury. Um, I would stress, Chairman, that of these sites, three of the five either are existing mineral sites or have planning permission for mineral extraction and one of the fundamental principles being as I'm sure um, certainly people who are familiar with um, minerals and waste will know is that it's the most sustainable approach to if, if you are extracting minerals to then fill it back in so, so we stress that three of the five have already either existing mineral sites or have got planning permission for mineral sites and the other two one is adjacent to an existing minerals extraction site, that is um, site three at uh, Little Canfield, uh, but there is one site at Elsinum which is a greenfield site and uh, there were concerns raised about that when we considered the earlier version of the plan. Chairman, um, the uh, county have put forward uh, what they call mitigation measures, which is summarised there. Um, so the recommendation which you need to consider is essentially on soundness um, I know there, there are separate regulatory regimes in terms of the safety of waste and things like that Chairman but what we're looking at is the soundness of the proposals in front of us Chairman I'll leave it there, I'm happy to take any questions Thank you, questions on this I remind you the recommendation is that there are no objections on the proposals as so presented on matters of soundness any comment? Councillor Dean. Uh, I'd like to ask a question looking at the map on page 89, which is the little Canfield ones. It does occur to me that down the eastern boundary of those sites, there is um, a public footpath. Now, can... Has, will any assessment have been carried out? For instance, there's, there's um, what looks like a wooded area. Uh, and there's a footpath, I think, on the western side of that. C can, does this process consider things like shifting the footpath slightly so that it, you're not walking on the edge of a tip, uh, but possibly the other side or through the middle of the wood so for, for walkers? Councillor, Mr Fox. Sorry. 
sorry. Um, the, the simple answer is yes. Um, the, the mitigation measures are summarised in the report, but there are um, several pages in the actual document itself which totally cover all those points you've just made. So in other words, there will be strong protection given to uh, make sure there's a buffer between the existing woodland, the footpaths will be diverted properly. So, so as I said, it's, it, it's difficult to summarise the mitigation measures, but um, for that site, there's approximately about a page of measures set out in the plan itself, so you can rest assured on, that, on those points. All right, that, that's reassuring, and it's also reassuring that uh, this... Um, strip to the west I guess it is of the one at Elslam has been inserted since I can't remember precisely what our objections were yeah. last time round but uh, Councillor Barker may be more familiar than I am Councillor Barker um, not on that point Chairman but actually on these I will declare an interest as a member for Dunmo and uh, all the sites in Little Canfield the Great Canfield are in my division um, I think that what we must do this is a, a draft document, this is not giving planning permission. And I think the devil is in detail with the planning permission. We have a recent site open near Dunmo and the site entrance is in Dunmo. It actually sits in Little Eastern. The number of vehicle movements from this site is extraordinary, with all of them travelling down a fairly narrow road to Barnston, through Barnston, through Fort End, every day down to Chelmsford. We're lucky that most of these sites will probably be delivering goods in the other direction, but it is you know, planning permission is given with good intent, but we have very little control over where very large vehicles go. And I think things like footpaths, things like preferred routes to lorries have got to be considered, and we have got to make representations if these sites go forward for planning. Thank you. I don't see any other comments. So there are, the recommendation is there are no objections on matters of soundness. Those in favour, please. Carried unanimously, thank you. Item 6, the Great Dunmo Neighbourhood Plan, Submission Consultation. Hannah Hayden. I'm, I'm taking this one. Yep. Jan. <laughs> um, yes, the, um, for some time now, Great Dunmo, Dunmo Town Council has been preparing this neighbourhood plan. They've put an awful lot of work into it. We've been liaising with them heavily during its development and its preparation. Um, they've now um, submitted the plan itself. Um, to us, we, we, we essentially um, process it now, it's, for want of a better term, now it's been uh, submitted, so we receive representations, although obviously we're in a position to make representations ourselves, which is the subject of this report. Um, those representations will then go forward to an inspector who will examine the proposals before making uh, his, and I think it is a, his in this case, uh, recommendation. We have, as I said, been liaising closely uh, with the Town Council to the extent that there's only essentially um, four points uh, set out on page 97 of your papers which we consider where there's either a conflict with national planning policy uh, or indeed some of our local requirements. And um, as I said, Chairman, I don't want this report to appear negative at all because it's, it's I think it's about 140 pages, this plan of which some 99% we totally agree with. So essentially what we're recommending, Chairman, is, is that those points that are set out in page 97 go forward to the inspector as concerns that this council have. Basically, um, some of them are simply because um, what they're proposing in the plan is in conflict with national policy and, and the government inspector will pick that up in any event, Chairman. So... 
Okay, uh, Councillor Lodge. Thank you. Um, excellent document, I thought, and uh, a good example to, to what else may be done around the district. Um, just pardon, pardon my naivety on this then, but it, it, it goes to the inspector. The inspector, I presume, will either find it sound or unsound or will come maybe sound with some amendments. That, that's the likely thing, in which case it can then be passed to referendum locally and it then becomes part of our process. Do you know what the timescales are on those? Yeah, uh, rough, roughly, Chairman, it's a, uh, some people around said we'd be very pleased to hear it's a lot quicker than the local plan um, process timetable. So less than 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we're, we're hoping that in about six weeks the examination will be heard um, on the assumption that there aren't many representations. Then it will be um, a process of the inspector preparing his report, which will probably take a few more weeks, and the referendum is then held. So, I mean, the whole process should be over and done by, by the summer, we're hoping. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I'm uncomfortable with, with, with a couple of areas. Uh, on number, number 13, you seem to be saying they've come up with an average percentage for affordable housing, um, which, to my mind, is, is effectively what we are doing in the main plan. I think that isn't, isn't the requirement for something over 50% of affordable in, in our district. But what we've done is to uh, accept that we can't achieve that. In fact, we're only asking for 40%. So it, uh, you, maybe you can correct me on this, but it seems as though Dunmore are doing pretty well what we've done here. Or you could tell me why I'm wrong. No, you're, you're, through your chairman, no, you're not wrong, and I think this, this paragraph could have been worded better, actually. What, what, what the um, town council have done have um, drawn from the schmar the uh, bedroom figures for market and affordable housing, which at the moment are disaggregated in the schmar because there are often good reasons why um, there is a requirement for different numbers of bedrooms and different types of markets as opposed to affordable housing. And, and so if you like the criticism, for want of a better term, is that by amalgamating them, um, we will lose the opportunity to, to set out different requirements for affordable housing development. So at the moment what happens when we get a planning application in, uh, my, my colleagues will, will say, okay, of the 25% affordable, we would like to see so many three-bedrooms, so many two-bedrooms, so many bungalows or whatever. And by amalgamating both market and affordable, we, we lose that fine-tuning, Chairman, if, if I'm making sense. So, so that's the point. And I think, Councillor Roger, it's actually not very well set out in that, and we can make that clearer. But, that, but that's essentially what we're, we're trying to say. Okay, thanks. So that, that's not too, too negative then. But we will rephrase we'll, it. We'll right. Okay, well, I, I will yeah. trust, yeah. trust you to, uh, yeah. to, to get that right then. Then just on to, uh, on, on to 15, we seen, um, I, I sort of applaud their ambition here. Uh, we're sort of saying, well, be, because we haven't got the seal, we can't get more than five, um, uh, five contributions to a sporting plan. In the district overall, we have, we, we, we have an enormous lack of uh, sporting capability, and we're trying to amend that. I know we're trying to get another strategy. Uh, I would hope we could have been a bit more supportive for them on this and, and, and really not try to, to knock that in the way that we seem to be doing here. Yes, uh, and um, I... Uh, <laughs> 
Personally, I applaud them as well, um, Councillor, but unfortunately the, this, this policy is wholly contrary to government policy as it sits at the moment in terms of Section 106 and SIL regulations it, because the, it's, one's not allowed to sort of set an arbitrary threshold for um, obtaining planning obligations such as this because it's simply contrary to the legislation, Chairman. So again, we're simply pointing out something which the inspector will would probably recommend anyway. So what you're saying is it wouldn't no matter whether it's a SIL or 106, the principle stands. Correct, yes. Ask for something it, 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 it's, it's beyond the, the law. Correct. I, as it happens, I earmarked that paragraph as well. So I, think we're all I may have to accept that one then. <laughs> I think we're going to have to accept it. But um, I mean, there is good supporting provision, as you know, in the plan in Dunmo. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of extra supporting facilities in there. So, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Councillor David, did you want to say anything? I'll come, yeah, I'll come back to Alan. Councillor Dean, you may need to come to the microphone as the Dunmo representative. My only concern is when it goes to the referendum that it doesn't coincide with the European vote. Chairman, Chairman I can confirm that no, it won't. We've already taken that into consideration. So right. right. That, that's, that's, that's all I'm worried about. Um, the yeah. rest will just have to take its chances. Okay, thank you. Councillor Dean. Uh, I'm glad Councillor Davies come to the microphone because I was wanting to ask him about building for life and, and this re request or proposal that, uh, that there are self-assessments are carried out. I, I have to confess I don't know much about building for life, but I'm wondering whether Councillor Davies, first of all, could just tell us what they were aiming at because it may be something that uh, others will be interested in. I think there you've probably got the advantage over me, <laughs> but there may be other people here who might help with that. Mr Fox may know the answer to that one. Yeah, it's essentially this, is, this again is a technical concern. The policy is worded, does, is aspirational in the first part, which is absolutely fine and laudable, which we support. However, the second part of the policy requires the submission uh, of a self-assessment self with a planning application itself, which isn't arbitrary in terms of the legislation or indeed our own requirements, Chairman. So, so essentially what we'd be asking them to do in detail is, is yes, um, for certain keep the aspirational part of the policy, but they, they can't essentially insist that one of these assessments is submitted with a planning application. Can I, can I just come back? I'd like Mr Fox briefly to tell me what Building for Life is aiming to achieve. Um, and, and then secondly why it is that Mr. this, this assessment answer. can't be put in as a request or an aspiration rather than taken out completely So building for life it Sorry, just a point of clarification before, before Mr Taylor starts. We're, we're not actually asking that the, the, the policy is amended to take out the aspirational part of it. It's simply the requirement that this assessment is submitted with the planning application. Just a point of clarification. Building for Life is a, a national standard. It's not a government standard, but it's a national aspiration standard in terms of the quality of the, of the development. So Building for Life, I suppose, means that you could live in there um, from when you're born to when you, when you die, uh, and the house and things can change as, throughout that period of time, whether that's sufficiently wide doors, whether that's uh, level thresholds, whether that's getting up and down stairs. It also looks at other things um, in terms of the quality of the environment, the amount of garden space, the, the, the energy efficiency. And things. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a wide ranging, there's 20 points in terms of the assessment. Um, the issue in terms of the requirement on validation 
is that you have to go through a set process. So there are national requirements of validation, which we can't alter, and there are local requirements. Um, Council, I was at the meeting last night at the parish forum when we said that we are just about to be updating our local validation. We have to carry out a consultation of those. But if something is on the local validation list and it's not submitted, that makes the application invalid, which gives the applicant the opportunity to appeal to the Secretary of State in terms of that validation process. So you have to be very clear that what you're asking for is necessary to determine the planning application. And the concern officers have is that this isn't necessary to consider and determine the planning application. The BAT survey that is on the local validation checklist is required because there's European legislation that, that relates to that. The transport assessment to enable us to consider the highways aspect. But this isn't necessary for us to consider appropriately the planning application that we have before us and that's our concern we have no problem as Mr Fox has said in terms of the aspiration we, you know, about space sizes, about the quality of the environment but it's, it's this bit about requiring it on the validation that, that we have concerns with Thanks for that clarification. I, I understand it better. It does occur to me, though, that uh, although this may be a, a good thing in many ways, it sounds as though it's intending to encourage older people to stay in houses bigger than the ones that they need, and therefore that's... Uh, you solve one you problem know, and create another. Create another, so, yes. Okay. Recommendation uh, that the comments set out below are considered by the group and sent to the independent examiner along with any other additional comments from the group as the Council's response to the Great Dunmu Neighbourhood Plan Submission Consultation 2016. Those in favour? Carried unanimously. Thank you very much. Item 7. Issues and Options Consultation Summary of Representations. Uh, Anna's not here, but I guess she's done a lot of the work. Uh, I know you're going to talk to it, but we have two external speakers who I'll take first. Um, but I just, uh, I mean, this is another, we, we, we thanked uh, the team for their last piece of work. This is another huge piece of work, so well done to the team for sifting through um, a very comprehensive number of responses. So I call Mr. McDonald, followed by Mr. Worrell. Thank you. Is Mr. Worrell here? No. Okay. So, Good evening. Um, my name's Ken McDonald. I've lived in Uttersford for 35 years. I have no loyalty or leaning to any political party. I wish to see Uttersford develop a sound plan that passes inspection and does not destroy the character of our district. Today you are being asked to consider representations received in response to the issues and options consultation, more specifically to note the responses and use them to inform the local plan process. You may recall that nobody was consulted on the Schmar. Yet I stepped forward to tell you that it was not sound and was especially lacking in evidence and audit trails. Besides addressing this meeting for three minutes, I used the issues and options consultation to set out my concerns in a more thorough, evidence-based way. I'm most disappointed to see that my considered response was reduced to just three words in the summary of responses. Schmar poorly evidenced. I cannot decide whether this is a deliberate head-in-the-sands cover-up or whether the task of summarising responses was simply badly handled. I'm inclined to, th inclined to think the latter, with the complex task having been delegated to a relatively inexperienced officer without proper guidance or review. Other aspects of the report also suggest a lack of experience and oversight. If you have read any of it, you will understand what I mean. Um, Councillor Dean referred to the fact that 20 pages are repeated. 
I don't blame the author, but the process that led to the report being produced in this style. I can only wonder what you had in mind when you set the consultation questions. Did you expect a serious analysis and summation of points raised? Or did you expect a 200-page listing whose volume defied anyone wishing to extract key messages? Was it your intention to generate an impenetrable smokescreen as long as you obtained a tick in the box? Or did you anticipate a meaningful analysis of responses that will indeed be capable of informing your decision-making process? As for the other 730 people and organisations who took time to respond, do you think they will be satisfied to have their comments emasculated like mine and simply noted? If you did expect a meaningful analysis of responses, I hope you will refer this report back to officers rather than simply accept the smokescreen and the worthless tick that you've been offered. I've now flagged up two significant weaknesses in the evidence base for the local plan. Firstly, the soundness of the Schmar and the poor quality, and now the poor quality of the consultation analysis. The Schmar's unsoundness has the capacity to repeat a fundamental reason for the failure of the 2014 plan. I've already suggested that you seek an informed and independent review. Now I'm suggesting the need for additional resource to mitigate the risk of failing to complete a proper consultation process. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. MacDonald. Um, it is just worth noting, I, I fully understand the points you just made, it is just worth noting that um, members of this committee were referred to the, um, the full representations um, on, um, well, on each of the questions. Um, at, uh, but if you look on page 104 in the underlined blue bit at the top, um, so your, your, your representation is, is fully available on the website. Clearly, um, it's been referred to already, the length of the papers that um, members have had to read, and uh, so that is why they were cut down. But I understand your comprehensive summary was, was cut to a few lines. I, we, we take the point you're making, but um, members do have access to the, the full response as well. Councillor Dean. Yeah, I, th this in a way comes back to my comments earlier about how the working group is going to work. This is clearly a summary, and it took me long enough to get through it and to stick all these blue tabs on and, and make notes on them. And obviously, we're not going to explore all of these areas now. But what we do need to have the opportunity to do is to uh, discuss and, and ask questions on the, some of the points that have been made and, where necessary, to explore in more detail the comments that... Uh, uh, Mr. MacDonald referring to, and I certainly haven't been onto the website, otherwise I wouldn't be here tonight because I'd still be trying to find the first, second page. Um, so, so I think you know, it, it's all about how are we going to deal with this information in order to show that we have uh, taken it seriously, that we have explored it, that we have made use of it, and that we're not uh, playing at tick box exercises. Uh, we, you know, we mustn't be be seen to do that but at the moment we I don't you know we come back to the project plan and and, and where these activities might take place and um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not going to um, allow myself to be part of a tick box exercise I don't think it is going to be that but I think we need to demonstrate that it's not 
uh, so that at least Mr. MacDonald has some assurance that, uh, that this is a serious business. Thank you. Councillor Lodge. Just, I've got one or two points, but just relevant to that, um, I think you were, you, you were in on the correspondence from Chesterford Parish Council, who mm. not, not only think that, that they hadn't been ignored, but they thought that their points had been completely missummarised. So I have a feeling that, along with what Ms. Rendon says, we do have a bit of a problem uh, overall with the concept. Uh, and then, if I may, I'll come to some particular points later. Yeah, I mean, uh, their, their comments were... Uh, we're actually very similar to Mr. McDonald's in terms of the, the comments have been abbreviated. Um, it, it's a difficult balance, and I, you know, maybe officers could comment in terms of they have they have read in detail all the responses. Um, it, it is uh, it is open to you to read in detail all the responses. Uh, tonight's report is a summary of those responses. It, 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 it is a difficult balance, and um, I take uh, Councillor Dean's point that um, you know we, we we mustn't get into a tick box exercise, um, but. Uh, we're, we're, we're mindful of obviously the role that members have vis-a-vis -vis the role that officers have uh, and try to keep that balance correct and try to give members sufficient information to be able to make a calculated decision. Do you want to comment Mr Fox? Yes, very, very briefly Chairman, yes yeah, thank you for, for those comments and to, to confess yes it, it is difficult to do because the, the further criticism one gets is if, is if one summarises it further so just as these still simple key messages then the danger is that we, we criticise even further for ignoring people so I'm afraid it is a balancing act but just, just to pick up the sort of positive points about taking it forward um, what we will be doing is using all these comments to basically um, add value, for want of a better term, to, to the rest of the evidence base. So, in other words, there will, some of these comments will support or reject um, the findings of the various studies we've commissioned, and perhaps more significantly, they will give us a bespoke insight into areas that haven't been considered by some of the studies because these stu studies won't consider absolutely everything chairman and the real value of these sorts of comments is often they bring something that, that the, the sort of uh, basic evidence-based studies have overlooked so so they do have a value in the process and they will be brought in once we get the more of the evidence base actually established chairman if i can just make those few comments that's helpful uh, any uh, other uh, councillor? Yes, yeah, sorry, I have I have four four detailed points, and and I think I try and bring the positive aspects out of what the summaries have given. Uh, and firstly, is on um, infrastructure and the infrastructure plan. I think if you look at um, I'm on page 104. The overarching um, summary there is very much about uh, transport, highways infrastructure in general. I note then that we do to get the infrastructure delivery plan in August. I'm somewhat concerned that is that really early enough to inform the, 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 the strategic direction that we're going to be given in June? Point one. So I think we should, we should well, look I at that before I come back to the next one. In August you won't know the specific sites. So you'll know the shape but you won't know the sites. It's pretty difficult to do an infrastructure plan until you know the actual sites. I think and that's, that's right, Jim. The infrastructure delivery plan is there to deliver the plan that you have produced. So in June, 
you set the direction of travel moving forward um, and then over July and August officers will work on the sites and bring them forward and as part of the August work start bringing together the infrastructure delivery plan saying well if you're going to have X houses there and Y employment and this primary school or that's the infrastructure sorry but this is the infrastructure you need to support that so the, the IDP is not this is the current situation and this is our nirvana and how do we get there it's this is the current situation what development is going to be and where is it going to be and what infrastructure is necessary to deliver that. That's what it's there for in terms of the local plan. That's the requirement that you have to do. It's the delivery of the local plan and what infrastructure is required. But we, we seem to have, we have to have a chicken and egg situation here that if we, if we look at the Elsenham situation, uh, the, 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 re, the inspector in the end was very concerned about the highway problems and the, the major issue there. We actually needed that before we chose Elsenham. So, so we, we, we need to have an idea on infrastructure possibilities so before we can inform yeah. that first decision. So that's when you've got, for example, the um, transport assessment coming through in June, the high level stuff saying this is, the, this is the base level of where we've got, this is the initial assessment of some of these sites which might rule some out, might not but that, there the highways assessment as one of those things exactly the same as being done with um, education as an example so Essex County Council and officers have been working to say well, what's the existing capacity of each school what we, we did education last time, Councillor. Um, what, what, what capacity does each school have to grow? Is the, can the site have more? Is the site constrained by housing? So that, that piece of work is going on, but that feeds into the infrastructure delivery plan as part of understanding the requirements. So it, it's not an easy... All these things mesh together over a period of time rather than it being a nice, simple... Uh, I, 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 I think this... this not just this working group, but the whole council is absolutely committed to ensuring that the infrastructure is appropriate. The other way of looking at Elsenham, not that I want to pick on Elsenham, is that um, you, 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 you could put something there, but then you would have to invest in the appropriate infrastructure. It, it doesn't mean to say that any site is out of bounds as long as the appropriate infrastructure and a realistic cost attached to that, yeah, is affordable. So, um, but that's all part of that process. Councillor Dean. One of the things that um, came out of reading this is, is certainly there is a, a lot of emphasis by respondents on uh, infrastructure yeah. and the yeah. history yeah. behind inadequate infrastructure. I think I've, I've said this before, but what I think we should be doing or have done already as a, as a group is say, well, what uh, and I'll, I'll put it under this banner of a vision. What is our vision for the district? And in, and in terms of infrastructure, as things stand today, what are the infrastructure weaknesses that we would like to see sorted out during this local plan through um, through through some form of development? You know, and I mean. Uh, plenty of complaints about congestion in the middle of Saffron Walden so what are the answers to that and what you have to do to make it happen or you know to take my own patch <laughs> problems on Cambridge Road they might not be the same as there but we've all got our little each bit of the district has got things that we think something ought to be done and, and, and in other words that's turning it the other way around it's saying what do we want to see achieved during this plan period and how does that then in due course fit in with the proposals that go into the local plan some of which may solve those some of which will be not uh, achievable rather than 
Um, and, and I know this is not a popular thing but not being driven by developers who say I want to develop there and we say well that looks as though it's one of the best places to go but we need to improve this infrastructure in order to make it work so it's turning it the other way around and we've got to, we, I know we're going to have to address it both ways but at this stage before we start worrying about areas of search and which ones have been taken out and, where, and which sites eventually are going to go in. What are the things that we want to achieve to, to, to change? In other words, it's a, it's, a, it's a vision about what do we want to actually see in terms of um, employment change, in terms of, let's say, reduction in commuting more local jobs to, to fit the local population all of those things and that's the piece of work that we should have been doing for months for the last 12 months in my opinion so that we've got something to start off with we might then at the end of the day say well out of those 10 main things we want to achieve we can only pull off 6 of them but at least we've pulled off 6 rather than possibly none and created others <laughs> and not solve the ones that we've already got Okay. Do other officers want to comment on that? Um, only to say that some of the, the, the studies we're undertaking will be picking up those points in terms of work where the infrastructure deficits are already. So we, we, do, we do know that. And just to concur with what, some of what you're saying, Councillor D, yes, it is an art of the two, two meeting. It's, it's knowing where, where, the, where, the, where the deficits are and then what a development could bring to rectify that deficit so that the two do mesh, Chairman, that's, that's all I would say. I, I think the employment point is, is, is a point well made in terms of, um, I mean, we are doing that, but we need to demonstrate that we're, we're, we're looking, not just that we've got sufficient employment sites, but that uh, they are helping sustainable travel. Councillor Barker. I think you have to be, I think you have to be very careful what you wish for, Councillor Dean. Many years ago, um, this council put forward Woodland Park in Great Dumbo for an extension to Great Dumbo with 900 houses and a bypass. We now have planning permission for 900 houses, the other side of that bypass, and schemes in our call for sites for thousands of houses the other side of that bypass. You listen to a lot of comments people make, you know, Saffron Walden should have a bypass. A, it would take 5,000 houses to pay for it, and B, the bypass wasn't then limited because it's a very nice road off which you have spurs. So abstractly, yes, Stansted would love a bypass, Saffron Water would love a bypass, but it doesn't half open the doors to even more issues. So you do have to be very careful what you wish for. All I'm saying is we should go through the process of considering these things. We don't necessarily have to jump in feet first and, and go for them. Yeah. But, but if we don't do it, then we've stand... No, sure. I think, I think Mr. Fox gave a good explanation to... I mean, we understand the point you're making in terms of the aspiration that we're trying to achieve. Um, but, but a number of the studies hopefully will, will be achieving that. Any other comments? Councillor Lodge. Sorry, I was going through a list. Shall, shall I go through my list and get... Go on, then. I'll, I'll do them individually. I'm How many have you got? I've got, I've got three. Apologies there, yes. Yeah. Um, Sport England, page 104. Sport England considers the opposite sports strategy to be inadequate. Pretty straightforward, is that? Um, even the, uh, the, the emerging sports strategy is inadequate. Uh, are we confident we can address that? Point one. Secondly, um, again on 104, Natural, uh, Natural England 
uh, wants semi-natural areas for all residential areas. This is not currently required or proposed by Altusford, even though it's identified them as necessary. Are we going to address that? And then my third and final is on page 108, which is Heritage England, if I can just find that. Um, it, it, it talks about in Saffron Walden, but, but predominantly the um, uh, development proposed on the east of town, facilities on, on the west. Um, I presume we're going to get a very thorough <laughs> response to this in the work that we do on, uh, on highways and infrastructure strategy. Uh, Clearways and a bypass, I think, is, is the answer to that one, isn't it? As far as the sports route, I don't know how they uh, can comment on the emerging um, uh, strategy because it hasn't uh, been um, produced yet, so it's in, it's in production. So um, we take the point. I, I think we've all referred to the initial document, which was more uh, a catalogue of the facilities that we have, and we need, do need a... No, 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 no. The, the, the middle point I'll ask um, Natural England, I'll ask uh, is it Mr Fox or Mr Taylor to answer. Um, it's actually, including sufficient accessible green space. Yes, I mean that, 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 is, that is precisely why we've got these consultation responses, Chairman, so we can take that on board in the development of our policies. So that, again, it's a precisely a case, a case in point. I mean, I, I probably would take issue with, with it, um, but I'd I, I take that offline. But yeah, that's precisely, that's precisely what we do with these responses. Okay. There are no other comments, so. Uh, if I may, just to pick out a couple of things. I mean, I, I, I made a list of 24 points, which sometime I would like to spend time exploring, including yeah. going on the website or wherever to see what other people sure. said. I'm, I'm not, certainly not going to even read out my list of 24. Um, but, but, I mean, there is one. I, I made reference to it. It's about, you know, local jobs and, and uh, jobs versus homes versus, or versus people who require homes. I mean, it's, it's quite interesting to notice that in some places they say, oh, shove all the housing over to the west so they can commute to London and to Cambridge, uh, which is, <laughs> in other words, it's not all, let's make this place sustainable and have local jobs, but let, 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 so, so uh, it, it's interesting how there are, there are contradictions in, in the comments that um, come in. And um, you know, the other one, just to mention, is there's clearly a sort of mood out there of north of the district versus south of the district, which we're going to have to uh, get our head around in, in, in due course. There's one, one other deficiency which came through in one or two comments. I can't remember who made them now, but it was this claimed deficiency of ecological evidence and um, I don't want answers to it now, but I hope we can get some either assurance that there isn't uh, a deficiency in the ecological evidence or get it if, if, if we're not up to scratch. Um, and um, I, think, I think the only other what No, no, I think I've, I've dealt with lack of infrastructure. So those are the two points I'll raise now, but clearly there's a lot of thinking and understanding and, and, and discussion. And inevitably a number of the comments based, based are, on this. Yeah, are contradictory to, to themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's the nature of, well, of, yes. of response, of yes. course. Yes. Uh, the um, ecological point, does anybody wish to speak to that? Um, 
unless you can point me directly, it's difficult, but um, we, where Essex Wildlife Trust carried out a, a survey across the entire district about two years ago um, to, to map all the known ecological sites that we had, both national ones, local ones, and potential ones. So we have a very good database of all potential ecological sites, and that's one of the things that we can use in terms of looking at potential sites in terms of mapping that. doesn't mean that they will stop development, it just means that they may need to be mitigated, but we have a a very large evidence base in relation to that that Essex Wildlife Trust did in relation to Natural England. So I would have hoped that we were quite up to date in relation to that. But if there's something specific, when you, if you find it again, we can address it. Okay, well, if you can follow that up later. And actually, there was one other point. I think it's one that we keep coming back to. People keep saying, don't do anything or you'll destroy the character of the district. So at some stage, I really think we need to get our head around what destruction of the character of the district would look like um, and what uh, evolution of the district will look like as an alternative. Yeah, and I, yeah. again, I, I don't think there'll be any argument around this table that we don't want to I, I, in any way damage Uttlesford. That's slightly different from saying that we're not going to do anything at all. And um, I think we all quote uh, when asked about our community that um, Uttlesford is about half the geographical land space of Greater London and you can fit our population into Wembley Stadium. So we are a very sparsely populated area. Um, so um, I think we can sympathetically uh, develop houses without spoiling our area, but it's a point well made and something I'm sure we all, you know, we all subscribe to. Okay, so the recommendation is that the working group note the responses and the key word is and use them to inform the local plan process. Those in favour? Unanimously. Thank you very much indeed. Item 8, technical consultation on implementation of planning changes. This is an extra page that's been put uh, on the table tonight, so you won't have had a chance to read it. Um, but can we have a summary from Mr Fox, please? Yeah, I, I think, so, sorry, speaking for Maggie Cox, it, it, I think he think did go out, it followed, 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 followed on from the agenda, so good. Um, yes, a very brief summary, Chairman. Um, this is one of the, it seems like, the weekly um, government consultations we receive. Um, this is following up on the Housing and Planning Bill, and the report simply extracts from uh, it's about 60 odd pages the, the, the key measures um, which relate to the work of this group particularly in, in connection with local plan preparation and neighbourhood plan preparation and you will see there's a sort of headline summary of the, of the key measures and some officer comments beneath um, but as, as we did I think at the last meeting we'll be happy to take on board any uh, comments that this group have and weave them into our, our consultation response chairman when do we need to respond to this by? Just bear with me, Chairman. Uh, 15th of April, Chairman. Right, so we don't have a meeting in between. No, no, no Chairman, that's, that's, that's why there was a late paper. Okay. Um, any comments on this? We haven't got the paper. Um, can I suggest that those who have read it comment now and those who haven't uh, email not just you but the whole group so we can all see the comments but officers are obviously 
taken, taken their own view on this. So th th this is about not agreeing with the officer interpretation. Yeah, essentially, Chairman, uh, yeah, that, that's absolutely right. If, if members concur with what's in the paper, no need to comment, but, um, and you're quite right to pick me up, Chairman, but, yeah, any additional comments, particularly those who haven't read the papers, um, if you can email me and CC your colleagues. Thank you. So I apologies that some of you are seeing this for the first time, because that, that, that isn't satisfactory, but that doesn't dilute the purpose of... Um, seeing if you agree with the officer responses and if you don't to, to let us all know that and we can then follow up a, a trail of emails Councillor Dean this, this is one document I did download onto my iPad it's only six the advantage of not it's being at the council meeting pages. on Monday night so you have a chance <laughs> to read all this yeah, yeah. Um, and just paragraph 13 I think it is um, Government is proposing to have regard to how authorities are working cooperatively to get plans in place in determining intervention and taking into account the potential impact that not having a local plan has on neighbouring, neighbourhood plan. Well, this is neighbourhood planning, not neighbouring plans. Actually, this, this document seems to spend more time on neighbourhood plans than it does on local plans, which, which threw me, because I was going to, I was going to say... Um, well, what about neighbours that don't cooperate with us or for that matter external agencies that don't deliver evidence I don't think this paragraph is dealing with that is it but, but it's really a case of it's a mixture of both actually, is, that, a mix, yeah, is it a mixture of both that's right And I, I'm just wondering whether we're being um, tough enough there I know this is always difficult to kind of unravel whose fault it is for the delay did you ask the question early enough and that's why you didn't get the answer rather than didn't whoever it was deliver the, the data to us on time, which slows the whole thing down. But do, do, you, think we, do, do you think we should be a bit more, um, uh, unravel that one a bit more? Uh, otherwise, we might be signing up to something that... Uh, where we well, get, officers may wish to comment, but we I think, um, and you're about to get it, actually, the next item is uh, where we're up to on the duty to cooperate. We yeah. discuss it at every meeting. And... Um, my understanding is that good progress is actually is being made there. So uh, I think we're very much going through uh, that process to what hopefully will be the inspector. Well, indeed, it's not just about the inspector's satisfaction, is it? It's about uh, doing the thing properly. But we're also, and we heard it tonight, um, you, you know, six communities now have got a, a neighbourhood plan in the pipeline. And that's, that's good news. Uh, so we're, we're one of the leading authorities in terms of um, encouraging neighbourhood plans. Uh, Dunmo, the the league leaders here in terms of getting theirs to a referendum so um, and of course you, you know we, are, we understand what a neighbourhood plan does it, 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 it is a key part of the future um, planning process for that community as long as it chimes with the local plan of course but if I could just come back yeah, I'm, I'm happy to accept that point but re reading this you know, it seems to me that the primary interest that the government has is is it somewhere that's going to be delivering big numbers, in which case we'll, we'll, we'll focus on them and, 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 if necessary, take over their operation? I mean, the question I would ask is, you know, we, we've been putting a lot of emphasis on evidence-based, objective-based planning. Uh, do, we, do we have any confidence that civil servants from afar are capable of doing such a thing any better than we are. 
Well, I think we'll, we, we, we will fall foul, obviously, if we slip past the end March 2017 deadline. Uh, but this is, this is about communities that can't uh, conduct a, a, a proper duty to cooperate, and there are a number, as I understand. So th this is about if you don't cooperate, then we'll do it for you. Is that right? Um, yes, two points I would say com coming back through you Chairman the first thing, you're absolutely right on the duty to cooperate but what the government uh, are proposing here is that if, if an authority deliberately goes slow with their plan making to frustrate one of their neighbours they will come in and intervene and, and Mr Taylor in the next report will uh, hopefully convince everybody that that's exactly what's not happening um, with us. Um, and the second point about the, the high housing pressure, uh, paragraph 12, and again, they're brief comments, but we're, we're essentially saying we're not supporting this because there's more to plan making than simply deliver, delivering houses, and there's good reasons to have plans in place other than simply um, to get houses built, Chairman. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it is important that, you know, that we make it quite clear that this is not just a numbers game. Uh, you know, to some extent, we were criticised last time for, for that to some extent. And I think that the last thing the government wants to, should be doing is risking putting itself in a position where it's simply playing a numbers game. Yeah. Just any, any old plan will do type approach. So uh, I'm sure we can just consider whether... The wording of our response okay. uh, is, well, is robust in that area. We'll take that into account. Yeah. Um, so the recommendation is that your views are sought. So I don't think we need to take a vote on that. Uh, but uh, um, I've already indicated how we can respond. So thank you for your time on that one. Moving on to item nine, duty to cooperate, Mr. Taylor. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I don't have much to say on this. The only thing I would like to point out is, as um, Mr. Fox's comments, paragraph three because while it might be an understatement in relation to it, um, the drafting of the memorandum of understanding between the different authorities is actually quite key to um, demonstrate, or, you know, that will be used to demonstrate how the housing numbers of the Shmaya will be delivered, how that spatial distribution will be set out across the different districts, how authorities have been there working together to deliver the infrastructure needs that we've been talking about earlier. So this is an incredibly important document I'm much more confident than I was a year, 18 months ago, that we will get to a document that is delivering um, what we need to do. Um, so I think it's, it, is, it is a testament to the close working officer level and member level that this group has engendered over, uh, since end of 2014. So it's a very positive step forward, but happy to take any questions. Chairman. Could I just mention that, unfortunately, um, although we have the agenda for the duty to cooperate meeting 7th of March, we've actually attached the minutes from the December meeting. So that was the last meeting where the minutes were published, Chairman, because the minutes for the 7th of March haven't yet come out. Oh, okay. So at that meeting, the previous COP board was in December. Might seem a very long time ago, yep. but that's, this is the first okay, meeting so to bring them back to. Yet. Okay, thank you. Councillor Dean. Just two questions. First one from the first page. Do we, do we actually have a government minister chairing LSCC? This London stands uh, there, there, there are two Greg Clarks in this world. <laughs> um, they <laughs> happen to know each other quite well, but there are definitely two. There are, and this is I was, not the government I was with minister. one of them last night, not, not, not the minister, the other one. Right. But uh, yeah, he's a um, professor. He is a professor, Greg Clark. And, and I take it that the West Anglia Task Force is the railway line task force. And that is chaired by Sir Alan Hazlehurst. 
Um, oh, yeah, not, I don't I, think that meeting read was, in the but uh, the, the actual task force well, wasn't. Why was not you at the meeting in that case? <laughs> so, I mean, this is, you, 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 that, that is a pretty key part of the exercise because obviously for yeah. tracking up to Broxbourne is, yeah. is the link in connectivity between Cambridge and London. And um, that, that it also uh, is affected by Crossrail and Crossrail 2. Yeah. That, that there's an aspiration that Crossrail 2 will come up to, to Harlow, which would be very exciting. Um, and uh, so, uh, yeah, that's a pretty key piece of work. Chairman, can I just comment on Councillor Dean just to, to make sure he doesn't get the wrong impression? Uh, so Alan chairs the task force. These are minutes of the task force working group. Just a little... Uh, which I sit on. Oh, he's, he's like us, is he? We don't do the work, somebody else does it. <laughs> any, other, any other comments in terms of the duty to cooperate? Councillor Lodge. A little, little mention of work with South Cowns. I wonder whether they're, they're, are they preoccupied? Um, they, are, they are rather tied up at the moment. They have a focus in terms of their examination and preparing for that. Um, we reported the last times we met them we haven't got anything to go back to them from our perspective yet because we, the evidence base hasn't come out, we haven't made any decisions so there's no driver in terms of that meeting and, and yes they are very preoccupied in terms of their own work their joint work between Cam, Cam City and South Cams but they're further down the yeah ok so we note the report happy to note those in favour of noting thank you, unanimous um, item 10, which is also put on your uh, table, is, is what's coming up at future meetings. Um, and uh, I think we need to add to the 26th of April um, project plan, because um, that was already referred to twice at the beginning of the meeting. Um, so we will want to look at that in some detail. Um, June, we understand, is a key meeting. We touched on a number of the things that are coming up there but clearly we will be discussing the actual shape of our plan which is pretty fundamental to the exercise um, August uh, looking at the, the whole seal question which has come up um, and site options report what, what does that mean in August is that the actual sites yes that, that, that's so drilling it right down all, chairman. All, all August is yeah cancel your summer holiday then book a date uh, so we do need a date. We absolutely do need a date. So, uh, sorry. It'd be helpful actually if we got if we put put them on. Could you just remind us of the dates then? So you obviously all members have had these dates. So um, yep, it's in my diary too. 23rd of August. So. Um, any comments around that? Does that address the issues that you? Um, sorry, I've just got one. Well, I'm going to be pedantic, but um, at the next meeting in April, it isn't just the project plan, it's the project documentation. We're looking at risks, issues, resourcing, all sorts. And we can do that by the 26th of April, can we? We can. We could on Monday. We could on Monday. Well, we have to be here. Okay. Chairman, the other thing I would like to see on this is the dates for the public meetings. Well, point very well made. Yeah, we've promised the public three meetings in Saffron and Stansted and Dunmo. We promised them in September, so we will take that as an action, key action, to organise tomorrow straight, definitely next week at the latest, those public dates. 
Chairman, coming back to my earlier point about the working group doing some real work, um, when do you think that might, or, or can we have a, a revised version of this with some suggested slots for the thinking sessions or whatever, whatever one wants to call them? Sorry, Howard, again, it, it was something we discussed, didn't we, when we talked about the project plan, Richard, the other day, that we would put some um, information in there about what the decision points were. Um, and I think that once we've got that plan and we understand the de decision points, then we're, we will be able to schedule those well, dates right. in around it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. You. Good. Any other business? No. Well, tonight is an auspicious occasion. First of all, we finished by just after 9.15, which I don't think possible at the beginning. Uh, but much more important than that, this is Andrew Taylor's last meeting. So, on behalf of uh, this group, the Council, um, we thank you for all that you have done, which has been very considerable, and we wish you every success in your new venture. It's been a pleasure working with you. Thank you. Meeting closed. Thank you very much. Thank you.